try to find a new way to tell you, some way to show you what you mean to me. There's nothing new. I exhaust myself searching. The world just keeps turning. What else can I do? Cause I find myself empty and face down, having nothing else to cling to. cross where you suffered and bled overcoming my death recreating me with this freedom I will be Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. We're glad you're here. Well, it's good to see everyone. So we are going to get started worshiping this morning. Would you stand with me? And uh, we will begin to worship. Not there, though. <laughs> now we're awake, right? Here we go. I need not, nor men's in 
Good morning. It's so good to be together on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you dads out there. We're so glad that you're here and so good to be worshiping our incredible Lord together. We are going to take in members, and we're going to be taking in Cheryl and Tracy as into membership. So I'm going to invite them up. For the past four weeks, we have been enjoying a NAS 101 class. Um, girls, come on up here with me. You get to stand with me. And we've had a wonderful class. A lot of those in the class are already members. But what I would like to do is I would like to invite our NAS 101 class to just come up, stand right here in front of me, and just support these two as they come into membership so they're not up here all by themselves. So NAS 101 class, come on up and just stand up here for just a few minutes and be a part of this service as we take in members today. Thank you. Dearly beloved, the privileges and blessings that we have in community together in the church of Jesus Christ are sacred and precious. There is in it such hallowed fellowship, care, and counsel as cannot otherwise be known apart from the family of God. There is the godly care of pastors with the teachings of the word and the inspiration of corporate worship and there is cooperation in service, accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done. Today, we affirm again the doctrines and practices of the church. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe that human beings are born in sin, that they need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the new birth by the Holy Spirit that is subsequent to this. There is a deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that to each of these works, the grace of the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that our Lord will return. The dead shall be raised and that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. I ask Tracy and Cheryl, those coming into membership today, do you believe these truths? And if so, answer, I do. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you believe that he saves you now? If so, answer, I do. Desiring to unite with the Church of the Nazarene, do you commit to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, as expressed by the covenants of Christian character and conduct? Do you commit to the mission of God as expressed in the doctrine, fellowship, and work of the Church of the Nazarene? Will you support the teachings of the Church of the Nazarene and strive with God's help to grow in your understanding and practice of the same in a way that enhances the witness of the church. Will you endeavor in every way to glorify God by a humble walk, godly conversation, and holy service 
by devotedly giving of your resources and by faithfully participating in the means of grace. Will you follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life, abstain from all evil, and seek earnestly to perfect holiness of heart and life in the fear of the Lord? If so, answer, I will. All right, I like that. I welcome you into the Church of the Nazarene and the fellowship of this local congregation with its benefits and responsibilities. May the great head of the church bless and keep you and enable you to be faithful in all good works that your life and witness may be effective in care for the poor and oppressed and in leading others to Christ. May it be so. Amen. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, we are thankful for this opportunity to witness the incoming of new members in the church and uh, welcome them as part of a family of the Church of the Nazarene and here at Woodland Life Church specifically. Um, it's a good reminder, Lord, of what it means to be a church as we hear those um, charges and are challenged by what it means to be part of the family of God. I pray, Lord, that we will have new fervor and new uh, ambition to come together as, as your church, as, as the people of God uh, called by your name um, in this place and called to this community in Woodland Park and the surrounding areas. I, I am um, grateful to see these uh, ladies become um, members, and and may it be planting seeds into others that maybe want to become members of this church. But all in all, Lord, I pray that we will come together as your body in this place, in this time, and, and strive to do the workings of what you have called us to do. Lord, give us the strength to do just that. Give us the courage to be the people you've called us to be. It's in your name we Greet one another, get up and go shake a hand and tell someone, preferably a father, happy Father's Day.
Okay. Get that last tug or handshake in. And then you can be seated. Always love that sound. Good to be together in God's house today, man. Glad to be alive and well. Let me add my happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, granddads. Do we have any great granddads? I think we've got a couple right there. I read a story uh, this past week about a group of dads tied to a high school in Louisiana where there was a lot of gang violence and fights in the hallways during school. And uh, this group of dads said that's enough. And they organized what's now called Dads on Duty. Forty dads in that Louisiana high school, and uh, they divided up those five days a week, all year, two shifts a day. These are all guys that have uh, day jobs, but they took time out of their work day to be there, to greet uh, kids as they come, and to greet them as they leave, and to be a presence throughout the day. Fist bumps and smiles and uh, bad dad jokes and all the rest. Gang violence went to nothing. It stopped. And the fights in the hallways have been reduced dramatically. That's the difference 40 dads made in a high school in Louisiana. And I'm telling you, dads, we can make a difference in this world today. And there are a lot of young men and uh, young women who don't have good godly dads in their lives. And I'd encourage us all not only to be good dads to our kids, but to those that perhaps uh, need a godly man in their life. So thanks to you dads today. Hope it's a great day. Baby bottles, you saw a basket out there uh, filled with money that supports our local pregnancy center. If you didn't bring that today, bring it next Sunday. A couple of thanks. Thanks to those that pulled off our Friday night drive-in movie night. Got a couple of slides. There's the uh, movie. Is that lady in the car in the slide as well? Thanks to Lori Prophet who led the team. And those that helped her, oh man, we got to keep her humble after that. Something's got to happen. Thanks also to those that came out yesterday for our spring clean day. You guys have a late spring cleanup day here in the Rocky Mountains, I have to say. It's almost summer. Anyway, we uh, are grateful for the work that was done. And uh, we uh, thank those eight that came out yesterday. Colorado District Assembly is this week. If you don't know what that is, see me after the service. But there's details in your Sunday morning handout if you'd like to be a part of some of the services. It's a great time together. And then coming up two weeks from Wednesday, no, a week from Wednesday, what we're calling Heritage Night. Going to enjoy a nice dinner right here in this space, I think, or maybe down in the chapel. And uh, just relive some of the good memories we have as a church through the years and uh, some other fun things that night so more details coming what details we have are in the bulletin this morning take a look at that speaking of taking a look take a look at this video clip
It's time to look up. There's more to life than what's on your screen. Go off-road on the adventure of a lifetime and experience the greatness of God's love. My God is strong and will never let go of me. Our God is great. Our God is great. He's an awesome God. Bigger than my wildest dreams. Monumental love. Eternal hope for you and me. He's an awesome God. Explore colorful canyons of the Southwest from a rock-solid faith and discover that God is monumental. Nice. Now give it up for our children's ministry director, Tracy Summerhill, as she comes. Hey, church. It's so great to be here. It is VBS time. This is an amazing time where we get to outreach to our community. It's an all-church outreach, and I need as many of you as possible to help and participate because we can reach so many in our community for Christ. This is about monumental, how big God is. We want to just demonstrate mm. God's love in right. every right. different facet that we can because he is the same, and we want to show that to these kids. And so I have in your handouts, there is a list of volunteer positions that I need. There is something for everybody. There is everybody. I need greeters. I need people who can just smile and give these kids a high five as they walk in the door. I need some people at the registration table who have organizational skills, unlike me. <laughs> so please <laughs> come in and help register these kids and keep them organized. I need people who are willing to help decorate and make this place look real snazzy and inviting for these kids. Just take a look at that and see where you feel like you fit. And I will be in the lobby after service, and I can answer any questions. I can help get you signed up. There is an online thing, and that is for the kids to register also. So families, make sure your kids are getting registered and your neighbors are getting registered and whoever else you think, hand this card out to people. And it has the registration website right under there. But that is also where we register for volunteers. So it's both. So if you would like to maybe be a greeter, or if you would like to help in the kitchen, or if you'd like to help those kinds of things, um, you can go to that website as well and see what's already been signed up for, and then see kind of where you fit as well. And then, what else? I think that's it. If you have any questions, I'll be in the lobby. And so after the service. That's good. And so, all right, before we take up the offering, I would like to read to you from Philippians 3, starting in verse 4. And this is um, introducing an anticipation of Pastor Ben's sermon today. Indeed, if others have reasons for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees, who de demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. 
I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, that I have already reached, or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, and there are many of those whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the Christ of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ushers are going to come and wait on us for the morning tithes and offerings. Thanks so much for your giving. And uh, thanks to God for all that he's given us. Amen. Including the gift of this day and this time we have to give. God bless you as you can. Love 
make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.
let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for reminding us of your faithfulness this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding us of the beautiful ways that you pour out blessings upon us, upon our children, and upon our children's children. You are a good and faithful God, and we are here to praise you this morning. We thank you so much for being so good to us. And Lord, I know that many here have gone through difficult times. Many here are going through difficult times now. But Lord, you are faithful. We don't go through these times alone, but we go through them with you. You are there with us every step of the way. And we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, you say in your word, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Father, we come to you and we ask that you help us to be humble. We want to humble ourselves before you because you are God and we are not. Help us to remember that. Help us to seek your face. Help us, Lord, when we are making decisions to seek your wisdom, not to go on our own understanding, but to seek your wisdom, Lord. Help us to take time to pray. Help us to take time to seek you and to seek your face. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you, Father, that you have come, that you sent your Son to save us, to save us from our sins. And as we repent, as we turn from our wicked ways, as we turn away from our sins, you are faithful and you are just. You forgive us for our sins and you save us. And we thank you for that, Lord. And you save us not, uh, so that, not only for our own sake, but for the sake of others. You save us so that we can make a difference in our homes. You save us so that we can make a difference in our schools, in our communities, and in our world. Father, we thank you. Help us, Lord, to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for, uh, for this summer and just the wonderful things that are coming. Um, coming. We thank you for VBS, Father. And I can't help but think about that VBS that I went to at the age of 10 and invited you into my heart. And you have been there, Lord, my entire life. And I thank you. I thank you for those VBS workers that were faithful to be there that evening. I thank you for those who prayed for me even before I was a Christian. And thank you, Jesus, for just the faithfulness of your leaders and your church. I pray, Father, that um, you will raise up leaders for VBS. I pray, Jesus, that you will bless and anoint and bring children in. Bring children that need to know you. Bring them here to VBS so that they can hear the good news of the gospel. And, Father, we do lift up our district assembly this week, and we're so excited about gathering with other churches on our district to worship you and to just share the incredible ways, Lord, that you were at work. 
And we pray your blessing to be upon that time. Father, we do pray for all our dads here, and we thank you for them. We thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful ways, Lord, that you are using the dads that are represented here to be Christ to their families, Lord. Thank you. And we just pray, Father, that you will work in powerful ways in and through them and give them your strength. We do pray for our kids. We pray for all the kids and our grandkids that are represented here, um, whether they are adults already or whether they're children. Lord, we lift them up to you. And we pray, Jesus, that you will protect them from the evil one. We pray, Jesus, that you will watch over them. And we pray, Jesus, that they will come to know you and will walk in your ways. We thank you, Lord. We are here to worship you today. We thank you for meeting here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. so much. I would put at the top of the highlights of my humble life, 6.13 p.m. November 12, 1989, when that first baby girl of ours was born. I have never been the same since. And when I became a dad, I began to realize in earnest, understand more deeply the love of the Father for me. So uh, thanks to the mother of my children again on this Father's Day uh, for the best gifts that a dad could ever have, two girls. If they happen to be listening, love you both. You too, Abby. Not just that firstborn. Secondborn too. Hey, happy to receive Cheryl and uh, Tracy as new members today. More to come, I hope. A word about membership. In the life and ministry of this church and every church I've ever been a part of, everyone is welcome. Amen? The privileges and benefits we have of being in Christ's church aren't tied to membership. They're for everybody. Membership is about responsibility. It's a commitment to this local church and the larger church we're a part of, to our beliefs practices, ministry, and mission. We are not a club. In fact, I wish we could come up with a different term than membership. Uh, everybody's a part of the family here. But if we don't have folks committed to the mission and the ministry and the doctrines and the practices of the church, we'll soon be off in the ditch. We don't want to be in the ditch, amen? And member or not, we have a commitment to each other. Uh, everyone, loving each other. Jesus said it on that night before the cross. One of the last things he said to those disciples, and that echoes right down to today. Uh, we're committed to reaching out to everyone in this community, but really want to give some special uh, attention and time to our next generation. And so I'm hoping the line to uh, sign up as a worker for Vacation Bible School is a long one in the uh, lobby today after service. Okay, get to preaching. Here's my message this morning. I got Scott running my slides this morning. I'm giving up on that remote. Here's my message. The place of the past. Now, for you mountain folks, that uh, backdrop to my title, that's a beach. 
guys have been giving this flatlander a hard time about some of these mountain things, just having some fun with you. But that's a beach, in case you've never seen one. Speaking of the past, I want to do something fun for a few minutes. Is it okay to have a little fun on a Sunday morning? I hope so. So, speaking of the past, I thought it would be fun to grab some throwback pictures of your WLC staff and newly elected board. And I want to see if you can uh, identify these folks, okay? Picture number one, Scott. Who's that? Lisa Hochman is correct. She hasn't changed a bit, has she? Okay, next one. These are board members. No, maybe this is not a board member. I don't know. Who is that? Scott who? Green. That is. Looking good, Scott. You haven't changed a bit either, buddy. Okay, up next is, uh, oh, now there's a creepy picture, right? I wouldn't let my kids within a country mile of that Santa. Anybody recognize who that is? Well, Santa Claus, yes. Thank you, Larry King. No guesses? Robin Schlumpf. There it is. Sound guy's wife and our admin around here. Okay, next picture. Oh, man. Cyril. Smile hasn't changed. Still good looking, Cyril. Okay, next up. Oh. Now, I'll give you a clue. This guy is missing a tooth today. Scott Meyer. There it is. <laughs> he was a cutie, too. Okay, next up. Oh, there's a charmer. Who would that be? Board member. Bernie Vale. Look at that. Still a charmer. Next up. Ah, here's a little older picture. Nice fish, too. Any guesses? He's a dad, Brian Elsas. Next up, this one goes way back. That'll give you a little bit of a clue. Board member, that is Cliff Miller. Isn't that cute? Next up, oh, now we're guessing the girl. I think she's holding her little brother. Lori Prophet, our worship leader today. She hasn't changed a bit either, has she? Next up. Oh. There's a row of people that may know who that is. Jane King. She's a doll. Okay, next up. Coming down the stretch here. Oh, here's a clue. New member today. Tracy Summerill. That's a that's a beautiful picture. Oh, uh, and then there's us, Kelly and me. Okay. There you go. Me and Scott, I think we were wearing similar outfits, weren't we, buddy? We ought to bring those back sometime. Anyway. Hey, if you have pictures of the old oh, there you go. We're twinsies. Anybody that has some good old pictures of uh, a life around here at WLC, uh, bring them uh, Heritage tonight. In fact, I'm still looking for a picture of the outside of the old building. 
I have not been able to find that yet, but love to see what that looks like. So more reminiscing to come. So to the message today, what is the place of the past? We all have one. Maybe you're thinking about some times and places and people right now. What's the place of the past? Once in a while you'll hear someone say, oh, you got to leave the past behind you. But do you ever really? Or should you? When I was a kid and went to the beach for the first time, I was somewhat impressed with how you could make a line in the sand with your foot and that first... Uh, wave that came up and washed over that would just take it all away for some reason that fascinated me and I spent quite a bit of time at the water's edge doing this number and then watching the water take it away there have been times when I wished life was that way in regard to the past I've come to better understand and appreciate the place of the past and what we ought to do with it as over the years I've spent time in the scriptures I'm hoping the message today from various places in those scriptures will be a help to you personally and to us collectively as a church in this important season that we're in together. So what is the place of the past? Well, for starters, we can all learn from it. Amen? Romans 15, 4. This is what Paul writes. You've got that, Scott. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. We can learn from the past. These scriptures are the record of the word and work of God on the plane of human history. And that history, those stories from the past, instruct us. When Abraham looked up and saw that ram in the thicket, he reminds us that God provides. Amen? When Jeremiah saw the potter from form a new pot from the marred clay on that potter's wheel, he reminds us that God can take our imperfect, damaged lives and do something new and good with us. When young David stepped out into the valley of Elah and defeated Goliath, he reminds us that the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. What happened in the past, thousands of years ago, is still relevant today. We used to sing a song back uh, home, Ancient Words, Michael W. Smith. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, so let the ancient words impart. Something of a side note, I guess. Not only can we learn from the history captured in the scriptures of the people of Israel, uh, Jesus and his disciples, the gospels, the history of the early church, Acts, and through the letters, but we can uh, learn from our own history since then, the last 2,000 years, our own country's history. Indeed, you really can't understand the present without some understanding of our history. And we are weak in that area. The word unprecedented was used a lot in the early days of this uh, COVID pandemic, I think we're still in. 
And perhaps there is some uniqueness to this uh, time in history, or any time in history for that matter. But I think I'm with Solomon in Ecclesiastes. There's really nothing new under the sun. Turn back the clock a hundred years to the Spanish flu. The deaths as a result of that, I believe, surmounted this one. The bubonic plague or the black death that uh, swept through uh, all of Europe and some of the Middle East about 600 years ago wiped out 30 to 60 percent of the world's population. Even the political dividedness that we're all pretty much tired of these days isn't anything new and on the list goes. What's the lesson in all of that? I'd say stay steady. Know that this isn't the first time we've been in a rough spot. We can and should learn from our own past, from our own personal walk, and from our own shared life together in His church, especially the tough times. Learn from your past. Right before moving to Colorado, one of our young men that we had a connection with and that had a connection to our church landed up in uh, Montgomery County Jail, assault and armed robbery, really hung out with the wrong crowd, uh, busted into a drug house and uh, took about 80 grand and ended up in jail waiting sentencing in June. And he wrote me a letter uh, after he got uh, into jail and uh, looking back on his young life recognized the people in his life that were good influences and the people that he tended to hang out with that weren't so good. And that young guy uh, in that jail cell learned from his past and determined, he said to me, when he got out to make better decisions, hang with a better crowd, and get on track in life. The place of the past, we can learn from it. And we can be encouraged by it. Amen? Psalm 42 came to mind. My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. And when the sons of Korah who penned that psalm thought of those gatherings in the temple, they asked themselves, why so downcast, oh my soul. Why so uh, disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. And I can look back over the course of my life and think about all the Sunday mornings that I've done exactly what I'm doing today, and, and it encourages me. We all have some good memories, amen? We'll all have a chance to share some of those, perhaps, on that heritage night. That'll be good. But I look back at my own, uh, my own personal life, and I think, of, uh, I think of my girls growing up, and I think of family vacations and, and meal times and Saturday night truck rides when Dad took a break from getting his message ready on Sunday, and we just went out and tried to get lost somewhere. I think of our church at 35 plus years back home and the picnics and the mission trips and the altar calls at the end of services when we gathered around and prayed for each other, prayed for those we love. All the memories 
the good times, the victories, the accomplishments that I can look back on, that you can look back on, and just be encouraged by. We're, we're talking about the place of the past. We all have times we can look back and say, God helped me through that rough spot, that, that challenge, that tough time. God was there. I preached a message down the stretch back home, and, and I listed the the toughest years of my life. Among those were years that we spent there, not because of the church. The church was there along with God to help us through, but I could list them. The year 2000, 2008, 2015, and to top them all, 2020. But God was there and helped us and brought us through. I thought of a time when we were in our first year at Gaithersburg and we were in a little roach-infested apartment. Oh my goodness, you turn the stove on in that apartment and they would come out by the billions. I don't know what we were going through at that point, but I can remember standing in the living room of that little apartment and hearing the words of Jesus when he came walking on the water to the disciples and they were scared out of their wits and he said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus spoke that word into my life at that juncture. Oh, man, was it encouraging. It's good to remember those times. Remembering those times when God helped us can get us through the current challenges. Those memories, those stories of God's help and guidance in days past can encourage us and give us hope today. I thought of Lamentations chapter 3. I remember my affliction, Jeremiah writes, and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the great Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions have never failed. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We're talking about the place of the past. And that includes the need to remember what God has said and what God has done that still apply today. Think back uh, over the history and the life of the people of God, the feasts and the festivals, the holy days and the holy seasons of the people of God, Passover and Pentecost and all the rest, were annual reminders of what God had said and what God had done for them. Our communion. Do this in remembrance of me. God was always saying, don't forget, remember. When your children ask, what does this mean? Tell them. The Apostle Peter, quoting the prophet Isaiah, said, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. The truth of God is timeless. The work of God in ages past is still bearing fruit today. Here's one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. And I'll tell you, every day we're at the crossroads. Every day we are making decisions that are contributing to the course of our lives. At those crossroads, stand and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. 
place of the past, we need to remember it. We need to be encouraged by it. We need to learn from it. But don't get stuck there. Don't live in the past. Don't be satisfied with past victories and accomplishments. And don't let the hurts and failures and disappointments of your past hinder you in the present. There's the key. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The word of the Lord. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here's another good word from the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. We see this on graduation cards, but it's for all of us. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. There are some things that I'd like to see us recover in life, recover in these United States, perhaps, recover in his church. I think there were some good things that characterized days past more than they characterize today, my humble opinion. I'd like to see us regain respect, civility, commitment, responsibility, a strong work ethic, just to name a few, but that's just me. As Paul said, that's, that's just me, not the Lord speaking. But we cannot spend our time pining after the good old days. We need to roll up our sleeves and make these days good. Amen? Now, if you don't agree with me, don't say amen. That'll make you a hypocrite. But if you do... I'll take an amen. Amen? Okay. We can't get stuck on particular ways of doing things that may have worked then that don't work now. The Apostle Paul said, by all means, save some. And some of those means will be new. We can't be satisfied with last year's victories. We need to win some victories today. When Paul says in that Philippians 3 passage that Tracy read for us earlier, that he's forgetting what is behind. Got to understand the context of that, I think. That determination on Paul's part is coming on the heels of that list of past accomplishments. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He had all kinds of things in his pedigree that he could be proud of. Paul's forgetting what is behind is also an acknowledgement that he hadn't arrived. He writes, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But this one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. And here's the thing. We'll never leave the 
pass behind and shouldn't. There's a lot to remember, a lot to learn, a lot to be encouraged by that we should never forget. But the direction of the people of God is always forward. Like a song we sang recently, we are pilgrims on a journey. Like an old hymn that a few of us might know, we're marching to Zion. The ancient paths that Jeremiah referenced lead us onward. We've got a race to run, a course to finish, heaven to gain. I want to land this message on what I consider the greatest challenge regarding our past. What has happened has happened. You can't change that. But you can change the present by not letting the past hinder you today and in the days ahead. You believe that? Hebrews chapter 12, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before us, those in our past that have testified to the faithfulness of God, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, running forward, not backward, not backpedaling, running ahead, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I think back to those uh, words from God through the prophet Isaiah. See, I'm doing a new thing. And that word from God through Jeremiah, I have plans to give you hope in the future. Do you know who those were spoken to at the time? People in exile. People who have been defeated people who had strayed from God and really screwed up their lives. But God never gives up on us. He always is ready to meet us where we are and take us on from there. There are some things from our past that we do need to leave behind. We will never literally forget them. But we can forget them. As in forget that. As in, that is, we can make the decision to not let them hinder us, hurt us, defeat us today. And friends, that takes some self-awareness. That's going to be some hard work. It's likely it will take time, maybe a lifetime. But as Kelly prayed today, that will not only be good for me, it will be good for you. It involves things like repentance, forgiveness, uncomfortable conversations, and being willing to be vulnerable and humble. We will have to want to overcome those things in our past that hinder us today. And here's the good news, with God's help, we can. I'm so grateful for the very real and certain hope we have in the gospel, in our relationship with God made possible through Christ, in the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that today 
doesn't have to be like yesterday. That tomorrow can be better today. That I can change. That I can grow. That I can get better. That I can experience healing. Back in 2015, one of those tough years, I wrote something in the back of my Bible. And I don't know what in particular occasioned this. It may have included my own pining after the good old days and wishing we could recapture those. But here's what I wrote. Is there any going back? No. And I remember being really sad as I wrote that first line, to be honest. Is there any going back? No, there isn't. In life, things will never be the same as they were. But that's okay. God does not make a way back, but he does make a way forward. Ultimately, to a place and time better than anything we've ever experienced or could ever imagine. Fall 2015. Sometimes the only way forward is to deal with the past. So here's the challenge. Don't avoid stuff, ignore, deny the hurts, the disappointments, the failures, the sins of the past that may very well be hindering you in the present. Face them. Deal with them. Ask God to help you, to deliver you. I'll be transparent and give you a couple of illustrations from my own life. Depression runs deep in my family history, and I came to realize that I probably deal with a little bit of that. And I had to face that, deal with that, burn my triggers, what helps me stay ahead of that. Also, recognize some anger issues in my life. Now, if my girls were here, they could tell you the one time I ever yelled at them. You'll have to hear that story some other time. But uh, they remember that, the one time. And I can remember the one time I yelled at Kelly and slapped my hand down on a kitchen counter in the parsonage. About two seconds later, one of my parishioners uh, knocked at the front door, and I thought, well, that's good timing. But I recognized uh, at some point in my life this kind of low-grade anger beneath the surface of who I was. And uh, it affects relationships and outlook and all the rest. And I think that's pretty common uh, with a lot of us guys, especially guys whose dads weren't so good. And those are the kind of things that can just uh, come along with you like a ball and chain as you go through life and hinder the present. And you can't just ignore it. You just can't pretend like it's not there. You've got to have the courage to face it and let God help you with it. And likely let other people help you with it as well. Second challenge is to forgive. Man, that can be a tough thing. Am I right? Is there someone you need to forgive? It's not always easy. In his book, Lee, 
the last years, Charles Flood reports that after the Civil War, Robert E. Lee visited a Kentucky lady who took him to the remains of a grand old tree in her front yard. There she bitterly cried that its limbs and trunk had been destroyed by federal artillery. She looked to Lee for a word condemning the North, or at least a sympathizing ear. After a brief silence, that Civil War general said to that lady, cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. It is better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain. Let bitterness take root and poison the rest of our life. I believe that's true. Perhaps you need forgiven. Perhaps you need to ask someone to forgive you. Apologies can be tough, too. I'm thinking of a Sunday morning when I was uh, getting dressed and getting ready to preach, and I had a strained relationship with a couple that ended up being one of our best friends in that church we pastored. And I knew I couldn't get up to preach before I settled up with them. I didn't want to. I can still remember getting in my truck and driving three, four minutes to their house and knocking on their front door. I think they were still in their PJs and bathrobe. They invited me in, and I, uh, I had to apologize to Dean and Kathy. Kind of moves me even now. They were so gracious. And we ended up in a big group hug, and they prayed for me, and I prayed for them. And we came to church that day with uh, clear conscience. Apologies. Here's a cool story. <laughs> in the washroom of his London club, British newspaper publisher and politician William Beverbrook happened to meet Edward Heath, then a young member of parliament, about whom Beverbrook had printed an insulting editorial a few days earlier in his paper. My dear chap, said the publisher, embarrassed by the encounter, I've been thinking it over and I was wrong. Here and now I wish to apologize. Very well, grunted Heath. But the next time, I wish you'd insult me in the bathroom and apologize in your newspaper. That's good. Face whatever it is that's hindering you in the present. Seek the forgiveness that uh, you may need. Ask someone to forgive you. Make that apology. And then finally, make things right where you can. Really restitution, whatever it is that you can possibly do, make it right. The past comes with us. We can learn from it, be encouraged by it, and thank God for his living and enduring word. But there are effects from our past that with God's help, we really do need to leave behind. Is there something from your past that's hindering you today that you need to deal with? God's with you. He's your healer. He's your helper. He's your hope. Let's face it. Are there things in our past, collectively as this church, that we could make right and experience his healing?
God's help, we should. Is there an apology you need to offer, restitution you need to make, a wrong that you can make right? Our worship team's going to come and uh, just slip quietly to the platform and, and prepare for our last song. But as they do, I want us to just, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? create an opportunity when perhaps we're not uh, paying attention to what's going on around us, but just letting God, the Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. I'm confident that God, in His love and mercy and wanting the very best for us, will bring to mind anything that we should do something about. And he stands ready to help us. Search our hearts, O oh God. Know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any wrong way lingering in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Father, you say in your word that we're to live at peace with all as far as it depends on us. Help us to do our part. For our own good. For the good of those families, those friends, those brothers, sisters of Christ, those that we're sharing the journey with, give us your grace, Lord. Thank you for your desire that we live free and at peace. ourselves to being open books, continuing to keep our hearts open to you, speak through others that are bold enough to speak truth to us. And as we're obedient to you, lean on you, do what we can. trust you for new victories and kingdom 
accomplishments and bright days ahead. Thank you. In Jesus' name. We stand together and sing of God's faithfulness. Praise be to his name.
of time, just voices. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, I and have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is God, are you coming on up? Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for your faithfulness in our lives ways that you follow and guide and lead us throughout throughout the years. We're so thankful for the ways that you protect and guide us. And on this Father's Day, Lord, you are a good, good Father. We want to acknowledge that. Be grateful for good you have guided us in the past. Let it instruct and fortify our decisions for the future to know you're with us through it all. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today and throughout the day. Bless these fathers today. Amen. You guys are dismissed.
it's on. Uh, we're Big Ten Revival, and Big Ten Revival consists of me, Steve Wiggins.